on the field, inside the clubhouse, and everything in between. This is Brewers Weekly. Here's Dominic Catronio. A wild week of Brewers news, and it was really just one move. <laughs> Welcome in Brewers Weekly. I'm Dominic Catronio. A little bit different sound in length to the podcast today, if you may notice. Uh, we're not live on 620 this week because the Bucks are playing tonight, uh, if you're listening to this on Thursday. But I wanted to just kind of get thoughts together. Adam McAlvey is going to join this show. Kurt Hogue is going to join this show. I've kind of portioned it into three parts here. First part, little soapbox, little talk about Craig Council, a reaction from Kurt, reaction from Adam as far as to what actually happened this week. We're also going to have reaction that we played uh, Mark Adanasio, principal owner, of course, of the Brewers, joined Wisconsin's Afternoon News uh, earlier this week, reacting to everything that went down on Monday uh, for this seismic move that it was. Adam used that word a couple of times. We're going to talk about that, play that audio for you for a little bit, and then also uh, just kind of start looking ahead here because it is kind of time to start looking ahead to what the Brewers have in mind. Let me just start with thanks to everybody who's interacted with the content this week, everybody who listened live. Uh, I made appearances on uh, ESPN Milwaukee, made appearances on WTMJ up in Green Bay, up in Eau Claire, uh, stationed down in Chicago call. I, I, I've kind of been all over the place. So I just want to thank everybody right off the top uh, who has interacted with the content, good, bad, or ugly. Uh, appreciate you guys letting me do this as my job. With that being said, let's just jump into it. In case you've been living under a rock or you're unfamiliar with what the heck I'm talking about, Craig Council has departed the Milwaukee Brewers as such because he was a free agent. He was not under contract ahead of the 2024 season, and he is going to be the Chicago Cubs manager signing a five-year deal worth $40 million over the life of the deal. He will be announced on Monday down at Wrigley Field in an introductory press conference. It caught everybody by surprise, to say the least. We talk about that with Adam and Kurt coming up in just a little bit. But for me, absolute shock. And if you haven't seen it by now, uh, the, the tweet that I had, when it was clear, you know, when, when you're following on Twitter and when you're following along as live news is breaking, especially in the sports world, right? RIP to the verified checks, because that would be the only way you would know what you're reading is true. And I remember reading John Heyman saying, the Mets are hiring uh, Carlos Mendoza. I'm like, okay, so naturally, he's going to stay in Milwaukee. Yeah, he, he's going to. Craig Council is going to be the Brewers manager because earlier in the day, the Cleveland Guardians had already hired Stephen Vogt. Shout out to Stephen Vogt. I believe in Stephen Vogt. But anyway, so I'm thinking at this point, cool, he's probably going to stay. Now waiting on, you know, someone reputable to say that he's going to stay. And then Ken Rosenthal comes in, and Ken Rosenthal of the Athletic is like, no, no. Uh, it's clear, obviously, he's not going to the Mets. He is also not going to the Brewers. He is going to a team that does not currently have a vacancy. And my mind went berserk. <laughs> I was like, what is going on? And then I just, stream of consciousness, I said, the Red Sox make sense. Uh, they've got a new general manager. Uh, they're ready to win. They're ready to try to get things going in the right direction. But then I just wanted to think of, are there any other teams? Miami would make perfect sense. Obviously, the council connection to Miami. Skip Schumacher is not happy with how 
Uh, they forced Kim Ng out of her role in Miami. And what they would do is Skip was formerly a coach with the Padres. They would trade Skip to the Padres to create a managerial opening in Miami for Craig to take there. That would make sense. And then I just like, all right, we got to do one more team. We got to do one more team. And then I said the Cubs because let the world burn. <laughs> and I, I, that was totally tongue-in-cheek. 100%. I thought no chance that it would be the Cubs. Zero chance. And it was. As soon as I closed Twitter, as soon as I sent that tweet, I took a breather. Like I, I think I walked to get a coffee or something. And then I opened my phone. Boom. Ken Rosenthal. Craig Council is going to the Cubs. And no, I do not know the lottery numbers. Everyone was like, you spoke into the world, Dom. How could you? I mean, <laughs> I, uh, wow. Wow, wow, wow. Crazy, crazy day. Uh, let's hear from Mark Adonacio, though, because there was a report earlier in the day about the fact that the Brewers were offering him to be the highest paid manager in baseball. Now, they were not offering him $8 million, but uh, here's what Mark Adonacio had to say about the negotiations and about Craig Council leaving. There was not a uh, an opportunity for a last look, but um, I don't you know, the, the negotiation, I don't want to, you know, there's been so much information in the public domain, much of it is misinformation. I don't know that it's productive to, you know, have everybody revisit how the negotiation went. You'll have to, you'll have to ask Craig that. As I said, he chose, he chose to, to go. And that certainly was his, uh, within his right. And he, he made this point too about, the community, and something he you may have seen tweeted by Kurt Hogue and Adam McAlvey as well, but this is from Mark's own words about the loss of community that Craig Council is leaving behind here in Milwaukee. It's allowed me to reflect on what we have in Milwaukee as a city and and play baseball in. And, uh, you know, what I, what I said to the group is we've lost Craig, but Craig has lost us and our community also. He, he pointed his words. I, I don't blame him. It definitely has hit him hard. It's been the most successful run of Brewers baseball, especially under his ownership uh, over these last few years. And I know people always want to assign blame. And I, I don't think you can give 100% to blame to any party in this scenario. Some people just want to you know, say, oh, Craig Council took the money. He bailed on the city he's from us. And I blame it all on him. Like, ah. Come on, man. If you if you're getting a raise to a better position to, uh, you know, maybe an attractive office, right? You're getting that corner office with a view, whatever. You get it, right? You you totally get it in that regard. And then there's some people who are like, oh, I blame Mark Adonacio. The owner wouldn't open up his pocketbook. He wouldn't meet meet the number. It sounds like he didn't get the opportunity to meet the number. Now, this is me talking here. Do I think he would have met the number? No, no. I don't see the Brewers paying their manager $8 million. I just don't. And it's not because Craig Council doesn't deserve it, because he absolutely does. But that's just not how the Brewers operate. And if you want to blame him on that, that's your prerogative. I'm not going to do it. I think this is just a one-in-a-million situation because of how airtight it was and how quiet things had to be along the road to make sure things didn't leak for David Ross to find out and for uh, maybe... If the deal fell through and David Ross like, wait, you were trying to replace me? So there there were a lot of layers to all of this. So let me continue on with this part to get to the reactions from Kurt Hogue 
and from Adam McCalvey. We'll be going back and forth between the voices. Uh, let's start with Adam. Brewers Weekly on WTMJ. I don't think there's anything I can say to introduce what's happened this week and what your phone has looked like buzzing and calls and texts and everything. Let's just start with the basics, though. I I mean, where were you when, you know, the Craig Council news broke that, for one, it wasn't going to be the Mets or the Brewers, and for two, that it was going to be the Cubs? Well, I was home at my desk because I think that morning when we learned that the Brewers indeed made Craig an offer that would have made him the highest paid manager – when that news came out, uh, your spidey senses sort of go up um, because that that news getting out there made it seem like, okay, maybe he's not coming back to Milwaukee. Um, mm-hmm. And so I think it was pretty evident in the morning that something was about to pop. Now, I didn't know when, but I, I, I was home. And I mean, honestly, my reaction when uh, I saw Cubs was the same as everyone listening. Like literally the same. I, I if you had given me a list of thirty teams, that would have been thirty. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, I, I would say like if we go back a ways into the second half of the season, if I ranked the three most likely possibilities, it was that Craig doesn't manage next year. Number two would have been he manages the Mets, and number three would have been he manages the Brewers. And maybe I would have switched two and three, but one would have been that he took a year off. I just got that vibe from him. I don't know. But somewhere along the line, Mark Atanasio told us, and I think Craig told us as well when we got to speak to him the other day, that um, you know he did start thinking about managing next year, and then he thought maybe there's a possibility that's somewhere else. And there's a bunch of different reasons for that. But but in terms of just the initial news, it was absolute shock. And it sounds like everyone, including um, Mark Atanasio, felt that way. So if, if you felt totally shocked, you are not alone. And to follow up on that, you've known Craig as a player – in addition to as a manager, to a radio... I mean, he's been in this organization. And Tom Verducci reporting that the Cubs was a dream job. I don't know if that... It never came across my radar as a dude from Whitefish Bay would consider the Cubs a dream job. I don't know if it ever came across your radar. But I'm kind of at this point where it's like, I I can't blame the guy. He got a raise. He's going to a major market. And I think if you switch the roles of saying if he was going to the Mets, none of this reaction happens. But because it's the Cubs, if the Mets were paying him eight million dollars a year, people, all right, you know, good for Craig. But because it's the Cubs, Mm -hmm. we have this reaction. Yeah, look, um, we're going to hear Craig answer what you're talking about on Monday at Wrigley. Um, I think he has some thoughts he wants to share about that. Let me share my best interpretation of what that dream job story is all about i don't know that it's that the chicago cubs are the dream job i do think that he is an ultra competitive person anyone who knows him knows that uh, matt arnold says they play paddle at times and counts like yelling at to move and get up and arnold's like dude i'm 40 whatever years old give me a break and the chicago cubs are one of a short list of historic major league franchises so The opportunity for anyone who's super competitive in this game and really good at being a major league manager, like it's not totally out of the realm of possibility to think about that as like a great next challenge. And people will say, oh, well, what's the challenge? It's a huge payroll. This gets back to like the, the, the one of the two mistakes I would say most often happen 
when we talk to people. One is that a bunt is 100% successful. <laughs> or, or in other words, like successful 100% of the time. It's not. The other is that money solves everything and that a high payroll equals success. It helps, but it doesn't equal anything. And um, it is a challenge to manage in one of these marquee, huge markets. So this is like a roundabout way of, of saying like, I think a really good manager would think about, boy, how would I handle managing the Boston Red Sox, the New York Yankees, the Los Angeles Dodgers, teams like that. And in Chicago, you could just logically think like, okay, it, it's a place where if there's an off day, he can shoot home for the day, see his girls. Um, I don't know that he's going to get to see his boys play, maybe on, a, on the right off day and the right schedule. Um, but he's just in the neighborhood. And it's one of those huge, you know, historic franchises. Now it's the Brewers rival and there's going to be people in this community. I know who just are going to never forgive Craig council for going to a rival. Uh, do people in the game think of it like that? I don't know. Do, what do you think, Dom? Like, do you think like if you're a player and if you're say Corbin Burns and he gets to free agency, he's battled the Cubs for years. Would you like not want to go to the Cubs? I, I think right. people in the game maybe right. aren't as, even though Craig Council is from here, I, I, I don't know that like the rivalry is forefront of his mind, if that makes sense. And I, I don't want to, I want to say before, I'm, I'm not meaning to ramble. I don't want to diminish the people who are upset because the, 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 the passion, the fact that, people listening to this maybe hate the Cubs, like really hate the Cubs and hate this move and hate everything about it is why you have a job and I have a job and why this whole league exists. So I'm not telling anybody that you're wrong for being really mad about it. I guess I'm just trying to think about it from Craig Council's point of view. I'm not certain that like the rivalry was a factor necessarily. Yeah, Does I that think, make sense? Yeah, if it was, you know, insert big market team here most of the time people be like yeah okay good for craig but i think the fan reaction is coming out because the cubs like he had a say in which big market team was going to offer him and also you mentioned the competitive part i agree the dude is the most competitive manager i've ever met and with all due respect to david stearns and the mets they're not ready to win right now the cubs are ready to win right now and for a recruiting free agency standpoint for the Cubs, this says we're ready to win right now. We just hired the best manager in baseball. This could help them keep Cody Bellinger. This could help them maybe extend Marcus Stroman. This could help them in a variety of ways that remain to be seen for the rest of the offseason. I guess to, to answer your question, from earlier, the only thing that came to mind would be like, Jacoby Ellsbury and Johnny Damon going from the Red Sox to the Yankees. And we all know how those ended for both of those guys. So uh, I don't think player and manager, it's not quite comparable. This is Brewers Weekly on WTMJ. Well, I was as shocked as anyone uh, because you feel like you, you, you're trying to talk to people throughout this instance and you feel like you have a good thumbprint on what's going on. But you quickly realize that not only you have no idea that the Cubs were ever involved, but nobody in, in like the national media landscape knew. So it was just a total shock. It's been what, four or three days now, about 72 hours since uh, the bomb was dropped. And I, I'm still like, I don't know. I feel like I'm thinking or processing a different angle of it every few hours. Uh, this is going to, 
<laughs> this is going to live rent free in people's heads for an entire off season. Uh, I think as maybe if more news comes out or even if more news doesn't come out, it's just going to be something you think about and like analyze and wonder what, how, why, uh, even if it does, like you said, does make some sense. And the, the article in the athletic stating the fact that only like two people, three people in the Cubs organization even knew that this was a possibility. And I, I try to let my mind wander of like, okay, what if Craig decided to ultimately stay and, somehow it got word that they met with Craig Council during that time. How does David Ross react? Obviously, we'll never have to worry about that, but that just kind of shows how tight-knit this was and how airtight this needed to be. And in your conversation and with the media's conversation with Craig Council, it seemed like he understood the weight of the decision he was making. He better. <laughs> He's from here. Um whether like I don't know, maybe some of it all can get overblown a little bit. Like at the end of the day, it's a job, and he got you know you got a significant raise to 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 go somewhere else. And but but at the same time, though, he should understand that like fandom is not always rational, and loyalty can be waning uh, depending on the actions of other people. Like it's it's not always guaranteed, no matter what happens. So. Yeah, um, I, I know a lot of people. It feels it's interesting because it's like there's an even split, right? Of who people are frustrated with, um, and I know there's a lot of people for sure frustrated with council. And you know, you 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 look at it from a fan perspective, and it it's it's a tough pill to swallow, that's for sure. So, yeah, he's uh, he's he's probably going to hear it um, from some Brewers fans. I, I think there's also a lot of Brewers fans that understand the move. Um, and, and Hey, when the, when the Cubs are here in, uh, in May, it's not like it's only going to be Brewers fans at the ball at the ballpark either. So it's going to be a super interesting dynamic of the Brewers fans that are mad, the Cubs fans that are just like, you know, you're going to try to drown out that noise and and the Brewers fans that aren't super mad. So I'm looking forward to it already. It's a holiday. It's Memorial day. So it's going to be uh rocking at American family field. I, I think the, the reaction, and I've talked about this with plenty of people, the reaction is the reaction because it's the Cubs, right? Because if it was $8 million a year to go to the Mets, everyone's like, okay, hey, you know what? Congrats, Craig. You've earned this. You're the best manager in baseball. You're a finalist again for manager of the year. You have set the standard of what it means to be a manager in 2023-2024. But for some reason, as, as you mentioned, fans aren't always rational. And I, I love all the fans that are listening. Don't get me wrong. But I, I think that instant gut reaction. Let's just like what the the cups and it's wh- what do you what <laughs> and they're just at a loss for words. But at the same time, I don't blame the dude. I, I I'm I'm at peace with it. I don't blame the dude at all. He got a raise. He's going to a top three job in baseball, and it's probably not number three if we're being honest. So it's well, <laughs> it's pretty great by cash money. Dumb. No kidding. If that is numero uno. On, on the list it's it's a, it is a pretty good job i mean there's a lot of resources available to you in terms of finances and acquiring good players and their play their like farm system is and player development is pretty good right now as well no don't knock him whatsoever go get your bag uh sir that's what he wanted that's what he got but also i think you can't like dance around the fact too if if you're counsel that you burned some bridges you burned a lot of bridges in Milwaukee, and that's 
that's the real. I don't think it has to like, you know, if you want to talk about legacy or whatever, it doesn't have to completely tarnish, you know, what he did as the best manager in this franchise's history. Um, but there's also real life, uh, maybe not real life, but but real implications of it hurt some people. It, it burned Brewers fans. It burned people in the Brewers. It sure feels like it burned Brewers ownership too. So uh, it, it, it's I, even talking about this now, man, I'm like still trying to wrap my mind around the fact that the face of Milwaukee baseball uh, just went to the Cubs. It's wild. And and you're not happy about it, right? It's it's like, cause they're in a winning. I, I, I try to think about it in other scenarios, but it just, ties myself in knots it's not worth it to spend that energy he's earned this i'm cool with it i don't think it'll hit until we see him at sloan park in spring training this year and we're like oh oh it it actually did happen this wasn't all a dream monday for sure i think it's uh it's that's when it's going to hit me is you know going down to that press conference and you know they'll do the jersey stand up and picture and you'll have a hat on and uh it's not going to look natural uh Mm -hmm. that's that is that is for sure. I'm not going to equate this to the Favre situation. You can if you want, but I think that's what it's going to feel like. It just like it's it's not going to look right in my eyes. I'm going to like do I need do I need to put my glasses? Like what is going on here? Mm-hmm. This this didn't just happen, but it did. So now into the middle portion of this pod. This is a shorter portion. The, the next port is our. So who's next? Right. I've tweeted this, and I got roasted for it, and you'll hear me say this to Adam in a moment too, but I still think Joe Madden. I still think it makes sense. I don't think he's going to be hired at this point, um, but if my Nostradamus claims are working, it could be Joe Madden. Here's why I think Joe Madden. He's a, by all accounts, a player's manager, okay? the If you look hot, wear it, the... You know, try not to suck the the Joe isms. I I still need to pick up a copy of his book. I mean to do that here this weekend. The book of Joe he wrote with Tom Verducci about his life in baseball. That's number one. Player manager, right? And that's what a lot of the praise was around Craig Council. Player manager. Uh, number two, familiarity with Matt Arnold. They were together in the Rays organization before Matt even came to Milwaukee, so they have a familiarity with one another. And for people saying Joe Madden hates analytics, I think it's a mix. I don't think he hates analytics. I think he understands them very, very, very well. I think what works in Joe Madden's world, I mean, given he took the Tampa Bay Rays to the World Series in 2008, obviously they came up short, but they had such a sustained window of success for a while they're down in St. Petersburg, is in part because of the manager. And you can really draw parallels to those rosters and to Craig Council's rosters over the years to say, wow, he got every bit of talent out of those rosters as the manager. Do analytics have something to do with that? Absolutely. Does the manager have something to do with that? Absolutely. I think he could be a good blend of the two, just like Craig Council is. Uh, and, And finally, for me, He's been observing from a little far, and I know people want to say, oh, he got fired from the Angels. He couldn't even handle Mike Trout and Shohei Otani. I, I don't blame that entirely on him. I think a lot of baseball pe- baseball people know the ownership in, in Anaheim is tough to work for at times. Artie Moreno tends to change his mind on a dime, uh, and I don't blame that entirely on Joe Madden. And let's be honest, he's not the only guy to not be successful with Shohei Otani and Mike Trout in Anaheim. Okay. So it's, if it was that easy, everybody would be able to fix it there. 
But Joe Madden's the name that comes up to me because he's been to the mountaintop. He's got a lifetime of managing. He's refreshed. He's been out of the game for the last year and a half. He's been still doing MLB Network hits and things of that nature. I, I, I see this as an opportunity to get back in, make sure you love it, do it for a few years, and then ride off into the sunset when somebody in the organization is maybe ready to go. As we've heard Ricky Weeks has been floated about, we've heard Pat Murphy has been floated about, but we'll get into all that here with Adam and Kurt. Well, we got to speak to Matt Arnold about this because he's leading the search, and he really helped us narrow it down by saying they were looking for the best human. <laughs> so <laughs> thanks to Matt for uh, for all those clues that really <laughs> that really helped us narrow it down. Um, I don't know. Um, I don't. I don't know what sort of person they're looking at. I think they are. You know, when you go into search like that, you probably want to cast a wide net. You know, Joe Espada is a name that comes up in every opening. Great, uh, the bench coach of the Astros, great managerial candidate, bilingual, which I I love is in in on the staffs. Um, and but then you go to like a Clayton McCullough, the first base coach of the Dodgers is really intriguing because his reputation is for being really good with the young players. And the Brewers are in this really interesting crossroads, as you sort of alluded to about, you know, they 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 had some success over the last six years in regular seasons on the strength of these pitchers that they developed. And now they're going to this new phase where it's like going to be all about these young hitters that they developed, including eventually Jackson Churio. So somebody with some player development background could make a lot of sense for me with the Brewers. Um, so they are obvious, you know, look, and then I think Don, well, you pointed out Don Mattingly getting a new gig, sort of a new title with the Blue Jays, maybe indicates mm-hmm. that he's staying there. I don't know. A manager job is still a step up. Do you, do you think that that door is completely closed? He, he's just interesting to me in the fact that he's got lots of major league managerial experience. He's, Happens to have played for the New York Yankees, which the owner is um, emotionally tied to, having grown up loving the Yankees. Um, that was an intriguing name when they first came out. Now, I do understand though that like him getting a bump from the Blue Jays maybe, I don't know, opens or closes. Where I, I don't know how that affects that yet. I think with Don, it becomes a thing of, okay – we're scratching your back, so you should stay kind of thing. It's not, yeah. the grass isn't greener over there. We like you here. And, and I mean, they've had a, a wild last nine years or so in the manager chair in Toronto. So you can never really know what's going to happen yep. north of the border. I, I, I agree on the wide net thing. Every other radio station that's asked me about it, I've always said the name Joe Madden. I have yeah. felt that if half the people are saying this is an awful hire and half the people are saying this is a fantastic hire, it's probably somewhere in the middle. And that's how I feel about Joe Madden. Yeah. I heard two names that I haven't seen reported anywhere that are just total speculation. So please don't take this as me reporting that the Brewers are interested in either guy. Number one was Curtis Granderson. Oh, I love Grandy. I could call him right now and tell him to be a manager. You know what? Text him and let's let's try to break some news. See if he's gotten a call from the Brewers. <laughs> um, Scott Service. Mm. He's got a year left in 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 Seattle. Wisconsin guy. That Seattle situation. I, I you know how, what's the situation out there? A little dicey at the end of the year. A little a uh, little chippy with the fans and, and really they they they've not pushed through the way they want to. Um, that's not, you know, going from Seattle to Milwaukee would be an interesting, you know, unique move. But look, this week has been all about like, you know, erase your expectations because you never know what's going to happen. So again, I'm not reporting that as a name. It's just a name I heard that was like, oh yeah, that's kind of a, 
a cool one. And then you'd get the little, you know, you'd still have the Wisconsin tie. But the thing about Craig that it's so hard to imagine him not doing this is, and I know people have like drudged up that video when he got the job about I'm one of you. And that stuff was true. He worked for nine years to try to win a world series here because he knew how, what it would mean to the city because he was a kid in the stands in game seven at Bush stadium in 1982 and saw people crying up there in the Brewers section. Um, I mean, he understands what, what it would mean to win in this market. So I don't, I don't think that the fact he moved erases everything he did here or like tarnishes his legacy. It, People, I, I understand people are screaming right now because they totally disagree with me and think I'm an idiot. <clears throat> I hope in time some of that will fade um, and it can become, I don't know, a fun rivalry. I mean, boom, try to beat him, and but it doesn't make him like a bad guy. He gave a lot to this community for a really long time. I, I see them going with someone that, and I'm not sure who, who this is going to be, but someone that maybe doesn't have a ton of experience as a manager. Um, mm. You know, there, I, there's some names that have been thrown out there that do have some experience, but just the way you kind of see it shaping up, the Brewers have their coaching staff coming back next year. That seems like a, you know, who knows, maybe the new manager could come in and they get rid of them all. That would seem like a pretty crappy thing to do though. So that would make it seem like it's a precondition, right? Of the manager coming in. Um, you got to accept this staff. You got to be cool with it before maybe down the road, getting your own. So uh, to me, that sounds like either someone internally, uh, but I don't know like how many obvious internal candidates there are. Pat Murphy's obviously being discussed. Uh, so, but aside from that, maybe, maybe some, maybe there's someone that kind of sneaks up on you, but uh, either, internally or someone that doesn't have a ton of managerial experience let matt arnold sort of make his stamp on hiring his guy hiring a manager hiring someone that's gonna like you know share a similar thought process to what the front office thinks and like streamline thought between the front office and the coaching staff in the managerial room um i know there's a lot of discourse in baseball about front office and analytics seeping into the clubhouse and the manager's decisions. Uh, that might be a debate for us for a different time, but I do think there are good sentient points to be made about people being on the same page is a good thing. And so I think that's something the Brewers should strive for. When it comes to the manager role in today's game, this is why Craig Council was trying to set the market, right? Because he's one of those last guys that you can truly say has an impact on the game and is not, you know, like the, the puppeteer. And, um, and that's kind of a very loose way of describing it. But for some teams, it is truly like that. And you cannot waver from the script. If the script fails, go back to the script. And it's just, you can see why some of those teams haven't been winning <clears throat> Dodgers. But the, the, the thought is for me, I, I'm going to push. I think someone with experience matters because of the fact that, this team needs to get the most out of its parts to be successful, right? This team does not have, you know, the same Christian Yelich that signed the extension that signed. You don't have the guy in the middle or the top of your order. That's like, yep. Boom. Yes. William Contreras had a great year, still learning how to pull the ball, still learning how to hit for power. There is nobody in that lineup. That's like, okay, uh, if he's going to hit 30 bombs and that guy's going to steal 50 bases, there's nobody like that. They need all nine guys to do something in some variety of things. That's why I think the manager is so important for the Brewers. Yeah, I, on top of that, too, like 
we could get into the roster as well. I think there's a lot of roster spots that are important for the Brewers. Uh, and there's also a question, too, of this, of, like, what direction are the Brewers going in in 2024? You know, if they hire – I don't think they're going to hire Joe Madden. That name just popped in my head because I see your face across from me. And I yeah, know I, I'm wearing it. I, I got no problem uh, with that. Uh, but, like, if they hire someone like that, I don't think, you know, play a person of that stature who's won a World Series who doesn't have to get back in the game is going to come back in the game for, you know, a team that is – fully embracing youth movement that is they're not going to say they're rebuilding but is kind of a little bit doing so let me push you back on somebody who didn't need to come back and then just won a world series bruce bochi he didn't yes. need to come back he did not need to come back but he was also he knew he was not embracing an entire youth movement he was embracing yes. oh they paid Corey's. oh they paid Marcus. ready to win oh they paid jake de oh they paid nate Valdi. oh yes. okay this yes. team is good uh even if we didn't know they were world series good they're at least trying. So, you know, maybe I'm wrong about that. Maybe someone just want, wants to get back in there. Um, but I I just, it, with the way that, like, this organization currently is, you know, they have been promoting the heck out of these prospects. They've been playing the prospects. It feels to me like young guy in there, um, maybe if not young, but inexperienced and kind of just let them all figure it out together. Who knows? Yeah, we'll see in the next few weeks. The Brewers it, it, may not feel like they're behind the eight ball in this process, but uh, they are behind the eight ball in this process. And, and finally, now you, you got to figure out what's next. I mean, the off season is very important for the Brewers. This team is in flux. There's a lot to decide right now. The non-tender deadline is a week from tomorrow. It is Friday the seventeenth, meaning you have to decide if you're going to tender a contract to somebody. Uh, if they're arbitration eligible, not arbitration eligible, you're essentially cutting a guy if you decide to non-tender him. And Rowdy Telez is the name, a controversial name, and a hot topic name is Brandon Woodruff. But from the business point of view, it makes sense to non-tender him. From the heart point of view, it hurts. It, it, it There's a few decisions to be made coming up for the Brewers. So let, let's get into some of that now with Adam and Kurt. I think of a few checklist items that the Brewers need to click into aside from hiring a manager. And for me, it starts with figuring out what you're doing with Corbin Burns, figuring out the corners and insert third item here. That's bound to pop up that I'm not sure of. What do you see the outlook is for the Brewers? Well, I'll give you one even more immediate. The tender deadline is next week. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, that's a big one for the Brewers because they've got some guys that are pretty prominent names who um, will or could be non-tenders. I think Brandon Woodruff's, I mean, probably non-tender. <clears throat> Just from a business point of view, not going to pitch next year going into his final year of zeal. That's a that's a seismic move right there. You know, Rowdy Delez has hit a lot of homers, potential non-tender. There, there's some names. I think the next week's going to be a very, very interesting week. Circle Friday afternoon for some Brewers news, Friday at the end of next week. Um, that's a move that sets into motion a lot of things because it'll tell you a little bit about, for for example, the corners, as you say. It'll tell you something about what they're going to do there. So, um, again, the GM is not – he doesn't like to talk publicly about priorities and things like that. I read news from the GM meetings, and I'm jealous of, like, White Sox reporters who get the GM to say, I don't like our team at all. We're going to make – some major moves and here's where we need to add or you know uh uh st louis Brian cashman. Say, we're gonna have three pitchers brian yeah. cashman oh my cashman goodness. lighting everybody on fire uh yeah so uh, matt arnold likes to play it a lot closer to the vest but 
look, you can, you can, you don't need to be a general manager to look and see like they need to get some pop um, from the corners. They need to get some right-handed pop. Um, that's going to be a priority. They're going to need to do some work on the pitching side. The ro- the bullpen might look pretty good now, um, but that starting rotation is in a major period of transition. And I agree with you that what happens with Corbin Burns is a big question. I don't know that we're going to get that answer for quite a while, though. I mean, they're going to have to decide internally, but even then you can field calls and think about it, but it's not like you say, we're going to trade Corbin Burns and then that's the end of it. You you have to you know, come up with the right deal and decide, do we do, do we pull the trigger on this now? Do we go into next season? Or do we go all the way to the end and make him a qualifying offer and get a premium draft pick if he uh, departs via free agency? So there are some options there. But, I mean, obviously that is a, another big sort of seismic change coming eventually. Um, and and they are, they you know, they don't want to use the R word. Remember that when um, Craig Council first came rebuild. in. They do not like to talk about rebuilding. And... That's not the the model that they use. They really have this this model where you want to compete every year, and this still will be a very competitive division next year, a very winnable division. So it's it's a fascinating point in this team. Um, change happens. It sucks sometimes, but it does happen. And I think the Craig Council thing, if that you know, it's time to kind of process that and move along because there's going to be some other. Pretty big seismic changes ahead. That is the nature of the sport, uh, especially in this market. That's how it works. That's how you turn over to get the, the next big thing. And then they have to identify who those uh, next big players are. It's going to be fascinating to watch over the next week. We'll be following all along on your newsletter on MLB.com. Adam McAlvey, thanks for spending a few minutes with us here on 620 WTMJ. It's um, I miss you because we like see each other every day and then all of a sudden, boom, I don't see you at all. Exactly right. We're, we're we're picking our friends, but we're actually friends. So it's it's yeah. It's we're overdue for a broken bat beer. That's for sure. Yeah. I was just gonna say broken bat. You need to get one of those wooden mugs. You need I to need get to. in a little mug club. I need to truly solidify my Wisconsin residency by becoming a member at a brewery or uh, getting some sort of novelty uh, membership at a drinking establishment of uh, my liking. That makes you a true Milwaukeean. I love it. Adam McAvey, thanks as always, my friend. See ya. I think you have to know what you're trying to do first. You know, like, that sort of boils down to what's the decision with Corbin Burns. Um, A lesser degree, what's the decision with Brandon Woodruff, but that's not so much 2024. Um, Devin Williams, all these guys, like, are you going with with Tyler Black? Like, are you going with the young guys? You're going with Tyler Black? Are you going with Churio? Are you going to go with Robert Gasser and Carlos Rodriguez in the rotation? Or is, is it going to, you know, you're going to stick with Burns and Adamas and put all the chips in the middle, relatively speaking, for another run with a fairly talented roster? Um, that is that is question number one, because it is going to be very difficult to compete in this division next year and in, and more in the grander scheme in the national league next year without burns because woodruff's not going to be able to pitch um it's even harder without adamas you do not have a clear incumbent at shortstop that can hit the ball so what path do the brewers want to take is the question uh, I do still think they're like in a decent spot to kind of see what the field says on Corbin burns what the market says the starting pitching market's pretty bad in free agency. Maybe someone's willing to seriously pay up for him in a trade. 
Otherwise, you know, maybe you run it back next year. But that is uh, that is a big question. There's just so many more questions around this team than there have been in recent off seasons. Even coming off of last year, which was a rocky season, they traded Hater. There's still like think about the questions that faced that team compared to this one, and it's nothing. Exactly, it's not even close. I- I'll ask you the Reese Hoskins question because there's yes. been obvious need of a a right-handed power bat, B, a first baseman, and C, quite frankly, and this is this is me talking. This is this is the the qualitative stuff. A dude with a chip on his shoulder. Okay. I, I think of when they signed Josh Donaldson, that wasn't a brewer-like move per se, but he helped them win a, a handful of games down the stretch. Reese Hoskins has played in Philly. He has been uh, through a rebuild with them, he has been to the mountaintop nearly, you know, the bat slam and everything. And there are questions about him as far as how is he as a teammate? How is he as what he's able to do on the field workout wise? You know, he was hustling back, trying to be ready from his ACL tear to be ready for the World Series as a pinch hitter. I think that's admirable, but it's not going to be the long-term deal that he was hoping he was going to be getting coming into this year. And it's clear it's probably not going to be with Philly given they've committed to Bryce Harper. I personally, I think it's a fit. Well, I ask you the Reese Hoskins questions. I think it's a fit and I think the Brewers can afford him. I'm totally with you in this regard. Um, And not only is a fit for like the roster, but the contract situation is a fit as well, right? You think of like when the Brewers sign actual real, like good hitters, in the last few years, it's always been sort of on their on their terms a little bit when guys' markets weren't what they hoped. He has Monty Grandall, Mike Moustakis. Um, I guess it's the post-Lorenzo Kane era, I should say. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, those are the two that kind of stand out. Maybe Avi Garcia to a degree. JBJ. Maybe, yeah, Colton Wong as well. Mm-hmm. Um, for the most part, those signings worked out. Not JBJ, but the other four absolutely worked out. Uh, those guys, But the markets weren't what those guys were hoping. And I don't know if the market for Reese Hoskins isn't going to be what he's hoping, but it's certainly not going to be what he was hoping at the like 365 days ago. And so there's a there's possibly a bigger market out there for him if he proves he's healthy on a one two year deal or whatnot. And that's right up the Brewers' wheelhouse. Uh, give him a high, you know, average salary for one year. Let him walk. But that, but also with that. How many times have you, you know, said like, oh, that's a good fit for the Brewers and then been right about it in free agency? They sort of operate on, you know, certainly not on my logic. So they they have their own ways and methodologies of evaluating these things and um, they'll find the right fit for the right price. So it's a big question if it's the right price. But uh, to, to you and I, it makes sense. Of course. Of course, there's a lot of things that make sense to us, don't make sense to them. A lot of things that make sense to the Brewers that don't make sense to us. But hey, this is why we have jobs and we get to figure it out and we get to ask questions, we get to learn and uh, all be educated more so. Uh, My last thing for you is I can't wait for the day and I'm hoping it's sooner as opposed to later that you can finally say Jackson Churio homered in the big leagues. Yes, opening day. I'm not so sure, but I'm not going to rule it out just because he's so dang good. Uh, I'm going to say it's going to happen by June 1st at the I, latest. Yeah, I, I think there's a chance it happens in April, personally. I, I I don't disagree whatsoever. I just also think like with the way that the Brewers handled him and didn't put him up to AAA till the very, very end, it's sort of leaving the door very wide open to uh, to get more AAA experience for a little bit. Um, 
And I wouldn't blame him for it. I wouldn't blame him for it. Yeah, but all. it is interesting because, I mean, this is a guy that very well could win Rookie of the Year next year. And there's organizational incentives to guys finishing in the Rookie of the Year voting if they are on the opening day roster. If they're not on the opening day roster, it doesn't matter. They have to be on the opening day roster to get those picks, to get those extra incentives. So yeah, You get a competitive balance B pick, if I'm not mistaken, for finishing top two in Rookie of the Year voting. Yeah, something like that, and uh, that's that's valuable for the Brewers. This and, guy has a real chance of doing it. He's really good. And with the way that they were talking about last year's draft class, they feel like they're very talented in the uh, drafting and development world. Kurt Hogue joining us here on Brewers Weekly 620 WTMJ. Appreciate your insight, as always, during the season, and uh, buckle up for what should be a wild offseason. Thanks, Kurt. Yep. I- I'm looking forward to what next week will bring. We are going to be... Uh, in a similar role in the coverage next week, we'll actually be back to our regular slot. We'll be live on 620 WTMJ preparing for the non-tender deadline next week, Thursday the 16th at 8 p.m. on WTMJ. And then the non-tender deadline being the 17th. Uh, then you've got uh, other decisions to be made like Rule 5, guys to be protected on the 40-man draft, trades that may have happened between now and then. I saw the report today that the Brewers are open to anyone on the roster. Yeah, that's a no-brainer. That's not breaking news to anybody here in Milwaukee. So we've talked about it. Are they going to say the R word? No, of course not. They're not going to rebuild. But are they going to retool? Are they going to shape things up a little bit? Are they going to go fully young? Who knows? But the division is wide open, as you heard. Uh, Adam say, I truly believe all five teams can win the division next year. I truly believe that as they stand right now. Now, if the Cubs go out and sign Shohei Otani and Cody Bellinger and bring back Marcus Stroman, okay, then it's a little bit of a different story, right? But right now, any team could win. And I include the Pirates in that. I include the Reds in that. I include the Cardinals in that. And they can go out and spend some money too. They need to add starting pitching. And there's some starting pitching available this year. So I hope you enjoyed a little bit longer form podcast here today for your commute or for your weekend, whatever it may be. A wild week. I just want to get all of our thoughts together and make sure that we put together a proper product now that the dust has settled and it's time to figure out who will be the next manager of the Milwaukee Brewers in 2024. My thanks to Adam McCalvey of MLB.com. My thanks to Kurt Hogue of the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel. My thanks to all of you for listening. My name is Dominic Catronio. You can follow me on Twitter at Dom underscore C-O-T-R-O-N-E-O. And you can see all of our coverage on WTMJ.com. Thank you to everybody who listened this far. Uh, It's all going to be okay. Let's all figure it out. We're all going to react together. So thank you again. And until next time, keep on swinging.